You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Suffering and Awakening. In this podcast, Eckhart answers questions from a live audience, including one about how suffering can lead to awakening. He says we need challenges in order to evolve. The great paradox is we are liberated when we surrender to life's difficulties. Eckhart says eventually we can become grateful for our suffering because it pushes us to become more of who we are. Hi, Eckhart. Thank you for taking my question. Thank you. So it has to do a little bit with suffering and awakening, and I'm just going to read it. I have lived an incredibly traumatic and violent life for most of my life, and I'm still unsure how to use the suffering and pain and trauma to help bring myself into awareness and awakening. So can you elaborate more on how that's done? And there is a second part to the question that relates to it. You've said that the purpose of the life of life is to sort of go into the, to become awakened. So I'm kind of taking it like if this, why aren't we just born awakened? Like why is there the need for this suffering to bring us there? And do we choose this suffering or does it just happen? Oh, well, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, big questions. Uh, very, um, the first question you asked, uh, how can I use the suffering? From, uh, yeah. That question is unnecessary because you are already here for a reason. Without the suffering, you would not be here asking this question. And the fact that you are here means there is a right awareness is arising in you. So suffering has already fulfilled its purpose in you. You don't have to, there's nothing additional that you have to do. It is happening organically. So that's one thing. So it's good to acknowledge that you have already come a long way. How do I know that? You are here. And you've had a very difficult past, a difficult karma, perhaps one could say. And there's been a lot of suffering. And now the next part of the question, you know, or the other question is the, why do we need to suffer? And can we go beyond suffering? Perhaps that was part of your question too. So interesting, if you look at uh, two of the big religions of the world, in one of them, the central image 
of that religion, the absolutely central image is a man who has been is being tortured and killed unfairly, and he is nailed to a cross. That is the central image of Christianity. Now, some people would say that is just awful. So how can how can people? Some people have a negative associations with church Christianity and say the terrible thing. This well, well, depends how you look at it. There's a, also deep wisdom embedded in that because it's. It is the archetypal human. Archetypal means stands for all humans. The archetypal human, the significance of suffering in the evolution of humanity, because that man on the cross also, he dies and is reborn, as the story goes. So if he didn't, if he hadn't died on the cross, he would not have been reborn. Buddha has it in more conceptual terms. Buddha describes his own teaching in the following words, I teach suffering and the end of suffering. That's a literal quote from the Buddha. A lot of Buddhist texts were actually written at a much later time, it doesn't matter, but there are some utterances that I feel, feel, I don't think I feel, <laughs> that I feel are, actually true utterances of the Buddha, and this is one of them. I teach suffering, which means I show you how suffering arises in your mind. I teach suffering and the end of suffering, and I show you how suffering can come to an end. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. So in, in the Christian image, you have the crucifixion and the resurrection. So you have suffering and the end of suffering. In Buddhism also, Buddha shows, says, you, it is inevitable that you will find suffering until you awaken out of identification with form, identification with the psychological form of you, which the Buddha calls the self, if you don't recognize that these, that who you think you are is ultimately an illusion, the self, the mind made self, as long as that, you suffer as long as that happens. When you recognize it as an illusion, you transcend suffering. That's the end of suffering. The evolution for humanity and for every human being is to suffer and then reach the end of suffering. And the end of suffering is the awakening. So the, the power behind that makes awakening possible 
is suffering until you reach the point where you realize that you don't need it anymore. <laughs> you need it until you reach this point, the brink of awakening that you don't need to suffer anymore. Now the suffering is the encounter of extreme disruption in your life, limit extreme limitation in your life, the infliction of violence on your body and on your mind. All those things are extreme forms of limitation and disruption. Some children are born already into a terrible environment where the, I don't know whether that is also your case, but where the parents are very unconscious and they cannot help but perpetuate their unconsciousness and inflict it on their children also and so on. So some are born already into that and others encounter suffering at a somewhat later stage when suddenly they're confronted with accident, illness, serious loss in their lives, approaching death or the death of people close to you, uh, suddenly ending up with nothing anymore, you're nobody, you're put into prison, whatever it may be. In other words, your life becomes very painful who you are as a form identity, as the self, becomes unbearable. So I, for example, I've seen people, I've spoken to people who have awakened in prison cells after years in prison, very dreadful conditions. And you could say, of course, they're suffering there because the ex extreme limitation and unpleasantness and dreadful possibility of violence every day and suddenly something in them happened, which one could describe as a, they can't, they couldn't stand it anymore. And there was no solution on the outer level. If you're in prison, not much you can do. Well, you can try to escape, but you may not succeed. So there's no, there's no solution on the outer level, your external situation. The only possibility is transcendence. And transcendence is achieved through surrender. Surrender means everything that resisted the conditions of your life is dro drops away. Everything that has resists any situation, especially the present moment in your life, it drops away. So you're forced into uh, into presence by suffering, and you it's happened to some people without any help of spiritual teachings or books. Some people did it organically, and suddenly they find deep inner peace in the same situation because they're not complaining anymore on any level, neither mental nor emotional. There's a deep surrender that's expressed in Christianity. Jesus is supposed to have said, not my will, but thy will be done. And also the, the gesture on the cross is one of surrender too. I have a, a cross, um, I bought a little image of it to wear in Assisi, which is a, in Italy, where St. Francis lived, after whom, by the way, uh, a big city in the United States is named. <laughs> Not everybody knows that San Francisco is based on St. Francis, but <laughs> yeah, named after St. Francis. 
there's a cross that somebody painted of Jesus. He's on the cross, very old, it was already. And this cross is supposed to have spoken to St. Francis. And anyway, long story short, there you have a Jesus who is not suffering anyway. He's still on the cross, but he's totally at peace. He's not in agony, he's just complete surrender. He's not smiling, but he's not in agony at all. Just, And he's like voluntarily virtually. He doesn't even look as if he's nailed to it anymore. It's just voluntarily just in that, just is there. It's, I love that cross. It's, uh, it's, he has already transcended, even on the cross, already transcended. These are deep uh, wisdom teachings, uh, not, not conveyed through words or concepts, but conveyed uh, in, a, in a different way, through images and so on. So the, it's not only human beings. There's a radical um, life for every life form is precarious and there is suffering. Every life form experiences suffering on some level. Every animal will experience suffering. Of course, the, the less consciousness there is, the less the suffering actually experienced, like a tree in certain conditions probably also suffers but not as consciously. The more conscious you are, the more acute the suffering becomes. And that is humans are those who suffer the most, I could say. Without obstacles in your life, without hindrances, without limitations, you would not evolve as a human being at all. It's the limitation and you, on every level, I sometimes give an example, even on a physical level, what do you do if you want your body to get stronger? What do you do? Well, you do, you have to exercise, you have to weight lift, you have to go, whatever you do, you go jogging, whatever you do. Now, I put it differently. What, what are you really doing when you're doing that? Now I'm putting this in slightly peculiar terms. In order to make your body stronger, you have to make life difficult for your body. Because lifting a heavy weight, you're not making life easier for your body. Your body would probably rather lie on a sofa and be a couch potato. You have to lift the weight or you're jogging. Oh my God. I mean, you're, you're making demands on your body. You, life gets very difficult for your body. And at some point, now when things get difficult, there is a demand for more energy on whatever level. Ultimately, it's all consciousness in different vibrational frequencies. On a physical level, make your life difficult for the body is a demand for more energy because for the body to cope with these difficulties, more energy is called for and the body calls for more energy. And then at some point, as you exercise, there is an influx of renewed energy. And at that point, it's not difficult anymore. The body actually enjoys this influx of energy. And suddenly you enjoy the running or the jogging or the weightlifting, you enjoy, because if life had not become difficult for the body, the influx of energy would not have happened. <laughs> Similarly, 
in a good work of literature, a novel, or even in a good movie, something needs to go wrong for the characters in order for the movie to exist, because otherwise nobody's interested. If the character is not confronted with any problems, nobody would want to watch that movie. I mean, imagine a, a beautiful cruise from Southampton to New York, where nothing goes wrong, but everybody's having a wonderful time on this big ship called the Titanic. That movie would never have happened. <laughs> it would not be very interesting. Watch, watch two and a half hours of people cruising on the Titanic from England to New York. Every character needs to be confronted with limitation, challenges, and difficulties. The character or the main character. That is the beginning of the the, the plot of the movie. It has to start with something going wrong. If nothing goes wrong. There's no evolution. There's no development. Nothing. In a good movie, as the character is confronted with problems, he or she eventually begins to change. Sometimes the character is very dysfunctional or has a huge ego, and then things happen to him or her, and then life gets more and more difficult. And then the character has to generate energies of whatever level in order to overcome or transcend the difficulties, the limitations that arise. And that becomes the movie. And then at the end of the movie or the novel, the literature, the, the character has changed, has deepened through the suffering, is no longer dominated by ego, has had deep insights into life. And this is how literature and good movies can also help the viewer or the reader to participate to some extent in the transformation of the character. Because to some extent, when you read a really good novel, or you see a good movie or theater, to some extent you will identify with the character. And if the character goes through a shift, first the character suffers. Often the character suffers because of his or her dysfunctional conditioning. Character creates his own suffering. And, and then you have, if you had identified with the character, you can participate a little bit in the shift in consciousness that's happening to the character. And that is the transformative power of great literature because it gives you a deepened insight into the human condition and the possibilities of the human condition. And so wherever you look, if a gardener plants a, whatever it may be, a, a bulb of a, a flower in the soil, quite often the gardener puts extra soil on top to make it more difficult when the bulb sprouts, to make it more difficult to push through the soil for the stalk to come up. Another example, if you plant a plant in a greenhouse where conditions are perfect, it'll grow very quickly and then you take it outside, it'll die very easily because it hasn't developed the necessary resistance, not in head, but doesn't have the necessary energy that could only have come with experiencing limitation and difficulty. And then even the, even the tree and the plant will then demand more energy, not consciously, but there is a certain consciousness embedded in every 
plant it. All life forms are manifestations in different degrees of the one consciousness. So every life form experiences the even being born is the first difficulty. <laughs> so precarious. I mean, every animal that's being born, every human being born in the past, childbirth was the most common form of death was death of the baby or the mother giving birth to the baby. Everything is precarious and uh, the evolution is dependent on challenges, which for quite a while I experienced as suffering until the breakthrough happens and then the suffering has fulfilled its purpose. And then, yes, you continue to evolve, but you are a conscious participant in the evolution now, as you are, because you are here, you know that you can evolve without needing more suffering. You will get challenges, of course, there's no end to challenges, but there's no longer a need to transform the challenges into suffering. That's a, that is the difference. So obviously it's already working in your case, as I said, because you're here. So the transcendence is already happening. And uh, be grateful, maybe, I don't know whether you've already reached that point, but you will if you haven't reached it yet, where you can be grateful for your suffering retrospectively, as I am for my suffering. Thank you. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Yeah, I got a question, maybe a, a kind of a non-typical question. So let me read it to you. Can you compare the awakenings between one, the awakening you attained through grace, and two, our no-mind awakening that we get when we do your awakening practices? And will our practices in attaining the no-mind state lead some of us to the level of your realization. So the, um, can you read again the last, the last sentence, the last couple of sentences? Sure, and basically it's, can you compare the uh, awakening you got, which you've said a few times as a result of grace, which comes out of no activity of your own in uh, attaining this state, and compare that with the kinds of experience that we're experiencing when we're in this state of no mind and feeling this uh, 
state of, as you say, non-manifestation, things of that nature. Hmm. And the second part is basically gets down to if we're practicing the exercise that you are giving us and, you know, Adyashante or Gangaji or uh, Muji or all these other guys, is that going to lead us or give us a higher probability that we will attend the fundamental shift in consciousness that has occurred in you as opposed to the kind of thing that, uh, you know, we're all experiencing. I get the impression, for example, that a switch went on in the enlightened people who continue to remain enlightened. And we're like got a dimmer switch and, you know, you're like a 10 and we're like a dimmer switch on like one, right? And I was wondering, is there any chance that anything we can do can get us to move over into being deeply realized continuously like the awakened people that um, I've studied with and uh, know about. Thank you, thank you, it's fine, yes. Um, well, the, the best advice I can give you, although you may not find it very satisfying when I say it, is not to look for some state to be achieved, but to be focused on the, the present moment. The great hindrance for spiritual seeker especially is wanting to achieve some state that is described as awakened, enlightened, uh, whatever it may be, and that they might have seen in certain teachers wanting to also achieve that state. Remember very um, how the, the Buddha achieved, so to speak, his enlightenment. First of all, as I'm sure you know, for several years, he practiced very hard all kinds of difficult spiritual practices, including extreme forms of fasting and so on and so on. And uh, after several years of practicing, he uh, realized I'm still not there because he wanted to find Amara, the deathless realm. Uh, he wanted to get there. And then he gave up. He said, oh, that's it. Then he already had disciples at that point, And the story goes that the disciples thought, okay, he's lost it. They left him. And the Buddha, the significant moment is then the Buddha sat down under a tree. And in that sitting down under a tree, he was no longer looking for anything or any state whatsoever. All movement to the future had come to cessation. There was no longer a movement into any image, uh, anything needing or wanting to achieve anything. The, the sitting by the tree symbolizes total surrender to the present moment and complete virtually the complete collapse of psychological future, not wanting anything anymore. The wanting, Buddha, the wanting is an important subject in Buddhism, is that letting go of desires, which of course desire, another word for desire is wanting. And for some spiritual seekers, as for the Buddha, 
the Buddha gave up all desires, but one big desire remained, the desire for enlightenment. <laughs> so, and that was his desire for enlightenment was the greatest obstacle for him, but he didn't know that until he became so frustrated and experienced suffering through his spiritual practice, but more so the suffering that he experienced was the non-fulfillment of that desire. That he, because the desire for awakening, all other desires that human have became that one desire. And that was the greatest obstacle to his realization. And when he dropped that, that was it. The, the realization of being happened when he let go of any idea of becoming, becoming anything. So thoughts of becoming, when these thoughts are surrendered, then the realization of being is here already. And this is why some teachers, as you probably know, I personally don't put it like that, but well, maybe I do sometimes. Some teachers have said, you're already enlightened. You just don't know it. Now, for many people, that doesn't make sense because they know full well they're not enlightened. They say, well, how can this be true? <laughs> uh, of course, the the unconditioned consciousness that you are is already there in every human being. It is covered up by mind movement. So the being, on the level of being, you are already complete. There's nothing to be added or to be realized. You're already complete. On the level of becoming, which operates on this horizontal plane of time, on the level of becoming, there's a lot that you can still achieve. You can learn things, you can have new experiences, you can acquire things, and all kinds of things can, on the level of becoming, that's fine. The, that level is here on the horizontal dimension. But this, the mistake that people make is that the, what, what, the, what they use to deal with the horizontal dimension, they apply to the to the being dimension where it's no longer helpful. In fact, it's the greatest hindrance. The idea of becoming is the greatest hindrance in realization and awakening. So when that is dropped, you are already who you are timelessly. And then you realize, ah, and there was nowhere to go. There was nothing. I didn't have to become anything. <laughs> It's, this is why it's called the realization of being. It's not the realization of becoming. <laughs> and so that is the, the simple answer. And uh, I believe that you understand that, makes sense. So all that is needed is that it's not even a doing. It's just a, a letting go, just letting go of the becoming, the stream of becoming. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, thank you. I wanted to ask you about the experience of being in a marriage or in a relationship with someone who is in a different spiritual place than yourself. Uh, I'm really struggling. And um, sometimes I feel like I, I entered a nightmare that's not mine. 
and it, it feels like a trap. And uh, I, I feel trapped too. Yes. Some, so it, again, we could describe this as a form of extreme limitation in your life. Your life is kind of being limited by this. You, I assume you live with someone who is perhaps ego controlled. Yes. So limitations, there's always, there's two ways you can go when you encounter a limitation of that kind, uh, that something that limits your life. You can overcome it by taking action. And if action is possible, and then you take action to change the situation or to remove yourself from it, if it becomes unbearable is the possibility of removing yourself, you remove yourself from it. If you're in a situation, if you, let's say, not necessarily in your case, if you repeatedly find yourself in a situation, this is just a general remark, it probably doesn't apply to you, but there are quite a few people who, who move from one unsatisfying relationship to another. They always think after a while you, you live with a person, okay, I, that, was the wrong, that was the wrong woman again, that was the wrong man again. I did it again. The, why do I always choose the wrong? And then this thing repeats itself and repeats itself. And then to take action in order to overcome just by removing yourself is no longer the best strategy because obviously there's something within you that recreates the same situation again and again. And then you need to look at yourself and uh, see whether there are certain patterns in your mental emotional field that draw you to certain people. This is, I'm saying this in general terms because it applies to so many people, but this may, may not be applied to you in this particular case. If something becomes unbearable, almost, yes, removing yourself, you cannot change another person from who is ego-dominated just by trying to change him. That doesn't work, as you may know. You can remove yourself and then accept the consequences. The same would apply to a job that you cannot stand. You're, you're in a job situation that makes you unhappy every day. And simply for the sake of security to remain in that job situation is not helpful. It's an ego, egoic desire not to face uncertainty. You're condemned to being unhappy for the sake of security, whether it's a job, if for some people it's marriage. You can overcome by taking action, which often means removing yourself. Or another way is you can transcend a situation where you give up your inner resistance in certain situations are better dealt with by overcoming, which is taking action, which might mean removing yourself or if the situation can be changed, you do something. Certain situations are better dealt with in that way. Other situations are better dealt with through total acceptance of the surrender to the present moment, then internally you are free of the situation.
This is particularly helpful in situations where there are reasons why you cannot remove yourself or you cannot take action to change it. Some situations are like that. Some people feel, there are many people who feel trapped in a marriage. And again, you cannot continue, to, you, you're not taking responsibility for your life if you remain in a situation that continues to make you unhappy. That is like a weight that you carry every day in your life. Either you overcome it by removing yourself or changing the situation, or if that is for some reason not possible, and, that, and I'm not saying that fear of uncertainty is not a good reason for not taking action, but there may be other reasons why something is not possible, and then you simply practice surrender. You then internally transcend the situation and you find deep inner peace, even in a situation that does not look ideal in any way, but that still has a lot of limitation. I don't want to ask too many personal questions because you may not want to, I don't know if you want to talk about it. For how long have you been in this? Maybe I can ask that. For how long have you been in, that, in this uh, uh, situation? In this situation, maybe about a year. Right. We didn't start this way. And you are living together with someone? I'm married. Right. And uh, are you uncertain whether you want to carry on in that marriage? Or how do you feel about this? Feel? I don't know about the future future the near future i think i think yes and but if if in the further away future this this won't work i kind of don't want to try again I, I i don't believe there there will be someone really suitable for me and uh and i and if there isn't i, I just don't want to don't want to do this again yes well uh I cannot give you specific advice. I never tell anybody what to do, uh, except on an inner level. <laughs> but uh, what the right course of action is, you know, must arise from within you. I just pointed out the possibilities. Be careful with tolerating a situation that is continuously making you unhappy. Either you transcend it, which means the same situation no longer makes you unhappy because you sub totally surrendered continuously to the present moment, or you take action to remove yourself or change the situation, whether it's a marriage or a job situation or any place where people live together. You have to choose between the two possibilities because otherwise you perpetuate your unhappiness and your pain body will grow. It does not help towards awakening. So at some point, sooner, better than later, you have to decide between the two courses of action or transcendence, if you want to call it action, overcome the situation by doing something about it or removing yourself, which is doing it, or total surrender of including the, the uh, limitations and dysfunctions of the other person, no, no longer any demands that this person should, would behave differently 
if that is possible. It may not be possible for you to surrender to that. Certainly, if physical violence is involved, I believe it is not would not be a good thing to surrender. But otherwise, become still, become aware, take responsibility for your life, see which course of action is the one that you choose. Overcoming through taking positive action or transcending through surrender. Those are the two choices. This is the only advice I can give you. And uh, it is my wish and hope that uh, you will be able to have the strength, sufficient awareness to take the correct action. Once you've done it, if surrendered, you could practice surrender, maybe say, okay, I'm going to surrender for the next three months and not, not complain about anything, see if I can totally accept this other, but totally accept. Maybe you can't, you may have to find out whether you can surrender for a certain period of time. And then you see, no, I can't. Then you remove yourself. This dilemma is not uncommon. There are millions of people who uh, are trapped in this, in this uh, similar dilemma. So that's, that's my advice. Life is difficult. Let's see. Life is difficult for everyone. And uh, it's uh, erroneous to demand that it shouldn't be difficult. And as it says at the beginning of that book, I think it's called The Road Less Traveled, a kind of classic, the first sentence, one of the best sentences in any book, life is difficult. But if you completely accept that life is difficult, it's no longer difficult. <laughs> this is the one book that I never never read because the, the first three lines were so good that it, I don't need to read the rest of that book. It's this is so good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for being here with us and with yourself. I wish you well. Be present, be at peace, be here now. There's only this moment, the moment of stillness. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 